for the first down and still on his feet. RG3 is going to outrace everybody. Roethlisberger looks, crosser, grab, he caught it, fights to the goal line, breaks the plane, touchdown Pittsburgh! That might win them the division! And the handoff to Tomlinson, left side, and he will gallop into the end zone! Charger fans are witnesses to history! To the Blitz podcast, uh, returning after what, like a month-long hiatus, I believe it was? Month-long? Less than that? More than that? I don't know. Somewhere around a month. But the Blitz podcast is back. And we're diving into the most wild offseason that we've ever seen in NFL history. And I don't think it's even close. So, starting with the AFC North today, which should be some good stuff. Uh, But how you boys doing? Welcome back. Jaden, how you doing, bro? Feeling good. Yeah, I think this is we're back part five oh, now. Yeah. This is the fifth time we've had the little like hiatus for a little bit, but I think it was well needed. Amen. Um, got through our finals and stuff, and now we get to break this stuff down before we head into the offseason and we just start doing completely random content that makes little to no we sense. We were talking uh, before we started recording, literally right before we started hitting the uh, hitting the stream button, we were talking about possible moves that we're making soon. Don't want to spoil anything because uh, we'll keep that on the shush shush for now. But um, the shush shush, I think it's hush hush. But um, but yeah, Tyler, how you doing, bro? Doing well, man. I'll uh, give you the uh, the Kansas City weather updates. Been pouring its ass off all day. Um, nice. I know you always want the weather updates. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah. Other than that, they're doing well. Um, yeah, I think it, last time was uh, either was it right after the draft. I think is is when we were chatting. So it's been like three four we- weeks. We tried yeah, it. We had it scheduled for right after the draft. Yeah, then so, Kenny Pickett was drafted in Pittsburgh. Yeah. <laughs> so basically, we, we only had our, our mock draft, and that was like the last uh, the last big episode that we had. So yeah, it's great to be back with you fellows, and uh, congrats on on getting through finals. Another notch on the belt, another year behind you. I know that, that that's got to feel good. And uh, fuck yeah, it does. Yeah. Fuck yeah, it does, yeah. dude. I got. I mean, it went, by the time I got to finals this year, I was just like, you know what? I've worked way too hard this year to stress out about these finals. And I don't think that was like the right approach to take. Uh, but, you know, they're over now. And I'm somewhat satisfied with what how it ended up. So, yeah, we're rolling. We're rolling. But, yeah, the, uh, the hiatus is over. I avoided the we're back. Oh, let me put up uh, the Instagram notification real quick. But um, I avoided the uh, the classic "we're back" um, lingo this time because uh, it's getting played yeah, out. It is getting, getting played, played out because we did it like it doesn't have the meaning since we've done it a hundred right. times. Because like yeah, but this is the, this is the time of the year, you know, when we're, we we covered a lot. People, with, yeah. we covered a lot with the off season, you know, big time moves. Obviously, Jaden was all over the Instagram with that. With uh, every, ev- I mean, we're st- and he's still on it. I have so many friends tell me they're like, dude, I. You guys are like faster than ESPN. You guys are faster than like big time noteworthy. That's, that's the goal, man. Account. That's the so goal. Uh, it's it's 
I mean, I always love it. As soon as I get the, the notification, I'm like, boom, let me put this on my story real quick. But yeah, it's kind of been that law. You know, you guys been finishing up finals. I've had a ton of stuff going on here as well as like with moving and stuff. I've had some, uh, some extra work with my actual job and everything. That's been great. Um, that I, I'm, I'm really enjoying right now, which is, which is a good thing for me. So we've all, you know, been busy doing our own things, but, uh, it's always good to, to get back, talk some football. I mean, I was looking at it today. We're like, two months in a week away from the first the, from the hall of fame game i mean we're oh like two months away from otas and training camps and everything it's crazy to think about 60 days away from otas and, and training camp and then i think it's first game's what like september I think it's a hundred it's a little over a hundred days now. i feel like they keep moving it back oh jacob yeah. go ravens comment we just got just now uh jacob's actually over in seattle right now just got stationed over there so my, yeah, I hope my homie's doing well. But yeah, we're talking some Ravens today. It'll be good shit. Hopping in at five at the five o'clock hour in uh in Seattle. I, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Jeez. Dude, that's gotta be I got I've never been to Seattle. Before. I love it though. Like like with like the, the playoffs with hockey and basketball going on right now and these games like on the le- on the East Coast are at like 10 p.m. or 9 p.m. and they don't finish till midnight or one. It's like over there, it's like, eh, they're finishing at like 9 p.m. ish, 10 p.m. Yeah, it's but like then it's also time. what you're watching one o'clock games at 11, 12, 10. 10? So like football, like like think about college games that start at noon. Oh, they start at 9 a.m. There, gross, bro. Yeah. Jacob, I don't know if you're staying long or enough. Even worse, to, like uh, the the London games. Yeah. Oh my god, you might as well just stay up on it. Think about the yeah. open with golf that starts at like. 3 a.m. Eastern, which is midnight there. I mean, you're out, and the the golf starting. It's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Sunday night football is not Sunday night football at that point. It's Sunday. It's Sunday, not, it's it's, it's 5 p.m. It's Sunday afternoon it's, football. It's the Sunday happy hour football is what it is. Yeah, exactly. Also, shout out to uh, Justin Thomas winning the PGA Championship, mm-hmm. Kentucky boy. Uh, crazy, crazy finish. Mito Pereira choked that away, but uh, congrats to him. Uh, crazy playoff with him and Will Zalatoris. That was just awesome to see. I don't know if, if you guys watched that or not, but I was on the plane flying back from Maryland and uh, was able to pretty much watch the entire final round, which, like I said, it was it was exhilarating. Yeah, and I tried to – this is the first year, and after this, we'll, I promise we'll get into some football talk at some point today. Uh, but I the PGA Champion, like ever since the Masters, like last year, I was like, dude, I'm kind of starting to get into golf. Like I played a little golf in high school. And then the PGA Championship was on on Sunday, and I was like, you know what, man? I'm going to throw it on. And it's the perfect nap sport, too, bro. That's cool. Take, uh, oh, it's it's such a nap sport. But, uh, yeah, I mean, when it's like that, when it's interesting and close at the end, that's that's what makes it enjoyable. That's what makes it exciting. Right. Yeah. So, all right. Enough of the, uh, the PGA Championship and whatever the fuck else we were talking about. And let's dive into our AFC North ranking of the offseason so super hyped to be back with you boys and finally dive into some football content so our first team on the board that we are taking a look at is the cincinnati Bengals. so as you can see in our in our graphic up above they brought in some help much needed help on the offensive line in the form of lyle collins alex kappa ted karras and then they brought in Hayden Hurst, who was also a really good blocking tight end to replace CJ Uzoma. And they brought in Daxton Hill in the draft in the first round. Um, Auden Tate out of town, Darius Phillips out of town, and like I said, CJ Uzoma out of town. And that's just the notable additions and subtractions of the Bengals. But 
let's dive into it, boys. Um, who wants to go first with their some of their favorite moves off the top of their head for the Cincinnati Bengals? And I can go at it if you want. All right. So uh, the, my my favorite move that they made, in my opinion, was was Teddy K uh, on the offensive line. Ted, Ted, how do you say? You say Karras or Karras? I think it's Karras. I thought it was Karras. I just wanted to make sure. All right. So I thought that that was a better signing than the other two offensive line just because it was cheaper and he's still extremely productive. I think Kappa got like slightly higher on PFF grading than him. He only allowed, I think it was like three sacks last year or something like that. Um, but they signed him to three years, 18 mil. So six mil a year for a guy that is also very versatile and can play, you know, guard and center, I believe. So that's one of the reasons why I like that a little bit better than the Kappa signing Kappa's already got uh, an injury problem I was reading about earlier today. So that does worry me with him as well. Um, but I, I would say my favorite move was him. Um, but Jane, I'll pass it over to you to see kind of what you were thinking about their best move. Yeah. I'm going to say along the offensive line, I loved Lyle Collins there for what they got him for a three year 21. That's like, he's a premium tackle and, that's like very cheap tackle money. I mean, you saw the Steelers pay Chooks Okor for a three-year $29 million, which I'm very obviously not a very good move. But to get a Lyle Collins-type player on a three-year 21, I think it was great business. I think it was great business to wait the Cowboys out and don't trade a pick for him um, and instead just wait him out and watch them cut him and then swoop in and get him for that cheap. Um, I do just overall like the offensive line overhaul that they did very swift. They didn't like – they didn't take the big swing on like a Brandon Scherf or a Teron Armstead and spend all that right. money. They hit it with volume, got three guys. Um, and then you even do get a premium level player with Lyle Collins for cheap money. I do like that, but I'm not as happy about the draft. I don't know if we want to jump right into that quite yet. I'll say this um, with, with, you know, we talked about it basically when the Super Bowl ended or even before that, when we were talking about the postseason. They had to address the offensive line, and they did. And I totally agree with what you're saying. Instead of putting all their eggs into one basket, they sprinkled the money on various parts, which I think was so smart because one of those guys goes down. You know, you can they they can shift. You know, they're not going to be great if one of those guys goes down. Obviously, it's going to be problematic. But at the same time, you get all three of those guys healthy at the beginning of the year. That's going to completely change things because didn't they set like a record for most sacks given up in, in one playoff? I, I think it was something like that. So, I mean, going out, addressing the number one need that everybody saw that was clear and evident to any person that ever watched a Bengals game this year uh, and going out and doing what they did, I thought it was absolutely tremendous on their part. <clears throat> Yeah, and I'll speak uh, – uh, last thing for the positives. I'll speak up for Alex Kappa if nobody else will. I like it. I mean – I think it's a great signing. Like, don't get me yeah, wrong. No, I just I thought – Neither the, of you guys the bargain that you got with the Yeah. The bargain that you got with the other two guys. Right, right. Yeah, so you signed him for four years, 35 mil, which is a hefty deal. But you also got to consider this man was uh, the offensive lineman trusted by Tom Brady for a while. And that's going to be, I think that's going to be really nice for Joe Burrow to have a guy like Alex Kappa kind of, I mean, I don't know if he'll necessarily be showing him the ropes or anything, but like providing insight into how Tom might have done things and Joe can implement that into his game. So I like that. I like that Alex Kappa signing for that reason. And obviously he's a great football player too. So, uh, but Jaden, you were about to dive into the, uh, the draft concerns, man. I'll let you take it away. Yeah, I didn't like 
a lot of what they did in the draft. I just like Dax Nils. I, I like Dax Nils. I think he's a good player. But unfortunately, I feel like this might signal the end of the Jesse Bates era in Cincinnati. I know that he's like had conversations. Apparently, he doesn't want to play on the franchise mm-hmm. tag. This is, I believe, the second year that they've tagged him now. Yep. Daxon Hill is like a you know slot corner safety hybrid. They've got one of the best slot corners in the NFL in Mike Hilton. Don't have two slot corners, so you're probably going to be playing Daxon Hill at safety. I don't know if Daxon Hill is good enough to bump Von Bell out of the starting lineup. So I feel like that's a replacement for Jesse Bates, and Jesse Bates one of the best safeties in the league. I didn't really love Cam Taylor Britt. I didn't like Zach Carter. It just felt like they could have done more, and this is a team that has done all the right things pretty much over the last two years to very quickly overhaul this roster and turn it from one of the worst in the NFL to a Super Bowl team, but it's not a step backwards, but I feel like they could have done more to add in the draft, and they just didn't yeah, do that. Yeah, I totally agree with yeah, that. I don't, Go ahead, Tyler. I don't necessarily, I don't necessarily hate uh, Dax Hill and, and Cam Taylor Britt. I just thought they reached on them, um, and I thought that they could have went other directions with those picks and with the guys that were available at those picks. Um, they also signed Eli Apple, which I think is subtraction by addition. Um, if you want me to be honest, I just I don't think Eli Apple is very good. Uh, and you were speaking on Mike Hilton. I mean, the, the the secondary is a major concern, like you said, especially if Jesse Bates is going to hold out and, and not be there. It's, it's absolutely major concern. And maybe that's what they were thinking. And they were like, hey, we got to reach and get what cornerbacks we can now uh, it, to, to sure up the secondary. Um, and I wasn't a big fan of the Zach Carter, you know, draft drafting him as well. I thought that once again, I. Is he there? Yes. But is it going to, are you going to reap the benefits within the next year or two? I don't see it. He's more of a project in my opinion. So I, 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 I'm with you on that, Jaden. Very questionable draft at best. Um, I mean, I would label the draft at like a C plus, maybe a C just because they were at least able to address some positions of need. Would you have given the Bengals any shit if they took an offensive lineman at the end of the first? Cause I kind of, I kind of was favoring that move for some reason, just because I wanted them to apply it all, like, all at once, you know? Yeah. So the problem with that was that the value wasn't there anymore. Like, we've been – everybody had been mocking Linderbaum to them at 31 because, you know, it kind of felt like he was going to slide and the Ravens come up and get him. Zion Johnson goes that – you know, everybody kind of felt like that would happen. And then Kenyon Green, a guy who a lot of people thought was going to slide, ended up going at 15. You're not going to take another tackle because Jonah Williams and Lyle Collins have that short up. So you're probably looking interior offensive line. I just didn't think the value was there. Um, hell, even Cole Strange went in front of them. Um, so that's that's another offensive lineman off the board. So I wouldn't have been I, – I don't know. Like, that's why it's kind of hard to criticize what they did in the draft because sitting at 31 with all the top interior guys gone, like, what are you really going to do here? Like, tight end was kind of a need for them, but there wasn't, there wasn't really a guy that I would give a first-round grade yeah, the, in this class. Agreed. So, like, unless you wanted to take an edge there that's going to play in a rotational role, like, Daxon Hill probably was their best pick. It just – it unfortunately just signals the end of – likely the end of – one of your franchise yeah, players. And I don't think he even he's not going to play this year, I don't think, uh, unless he gets a deal, which, yeah, because he sounds really negative Doesn't about playing like on another franchise tag, from what I've seen. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's not a happy camper. <laughs> he is not a happy camper. <laughs> it, it sucks because, you know, uh, players on a former Super Bowl appearance team should be happy campers, but I mean, if you're not getting your money, then, yeah. you know. I, 
the one thing I will say about their offseason as well as a negative standpoint is I know they lost Larry O, and I, I do wonder how they're going to shore up that DJ, uh, that, that D line. Uh, I mean, there's definitely some question marks on the defensive side of the ball for sure. I know they signed or resigned BJ Hill, but like, is that your answer yeah. at, at D tackle reader? I mean, I know he had kind of a quote unquote coming out party in the Super Bowl, and he had great moments, but is that going to be sustainable throughout the course of a 17 game season? I, I question that. And what do you think of uh, Trey Hendrickson this coming year? Are we are we favoring a similar production of last year, or because he was basically see I would I mean, this, on the line. this will be back to back years that he's shown it now. So I mean, you you kind of do expect that, especially if you're Cincinnati when you're paying him all that money. I think there was way more skepticism this time last year because yep. you're paying a guy that is coming off of what felt like a flash in the pan season in New Orleans, and you give him that big money to come there and be a number two rusher or a number one rusher when he was a number two to rotational rusher in New Orleans with Cam Jordan there. Now I feel like he's kind of proven that he can do it two years in a row. I wouldn't say that he's going to be like a guaranteed 15-sack guy, but you do kind of expect that now because he's made that the expectation for himself. Yeah, I would say double-digit sacks is where where at least that's that's the floor for him. Um, you got to expect that. I do think he might see more double teams this year um, just because of the, the lack of interior defensive linemen that they have. Sam Hubbard's still there, though. Um, so, I mean, that, that's still a vital pass rushing part that they have. But I, I agree with Jaden. You know, going into last year, you signed him for this big deal. Is it a one-hit wonder? Or can he back that up and continue to produce? And, and obviously, he was able to. So, I don't want to say the pressure's off now, but it shows what he's capable of doing in multiple years, in back-to-back years. Did you mention uh, DJ Reader at all? I didn't. I think he's, he, he's definitely up there in age, which is why I worry about that as well across, once again, 17 years. I mean, 17 years, 17 games. He's 27, so, like, not too bad. He's only 27? Wow, I thought he was, like, closer to 31, 32. Yeah, he's 27, born 1994, as I had the Wikipedia birthday up. But um, I'm a fan of, I'm a fan of DJ Reader because he was pretty – correct me if I'm wrong, but he was he really was high on PFF, year, right? like, throughout the year. Right, Jane? He was – I th- I could have swore he was, like, hurt last year or something. Because it felt like it was all the other DTs that were there with him that were getting the shine, like uh, Larry O, BJ Hill. Hey. Yeah, do a, little, do a little injury check. But I thought in the games that he definitely played in, he definitely played in games this year, and he definitely played in the playoffs at least. He, oh, play, no, he, he played in every game, but he only had 22 yeah. tackles and two sacks. I mean, he had an 80 PFF grade, so... That's what... That's I remember him having a really high P, Or not really high, but a significant yeah. PFF grade. So, you still got DJ Reader there. Like you said, Sam Hubbard. Got Trey Henderson. So, like, it's a decent line. Decent line. So, but yeah. We'll wait and see what the uh, production is there. But, all right. What do you guys oh, think, ahead. real quick, last thing? Uh, I know you talked about it earlier. Hayden Hurst mm. uh, trying to do at least give some of that production that they're going to lose with Uzoma. Um, I don't see it, as, at least in the passing game. I, I think they significantly downgrade there. Um, I think with the running game, I think it can help out. But I think you're losing a very vital piece in your passing game with Uzoma. Yeah, me too. And you could tell, yeah. like, down the stretch, Joey Joey B was trusting Uzoma with the ball. And then he got injured. And, you know, there was question marks. But... um. But yeah, no, I totally agree with you. Hayden Hurst, more of a blocking tight end. 
I mean, he was never really he went he signed that deal with Atlanta and then he just disappeared, you know. So I'm not a fan of the Hayden Hurst signing either. It's not gonna come. I would rather drafted a guy like Isaiah Likely or um, what was the other guy? It was UCLA, I believe. McBride. Oh no, that's uh, oh Dolchich. Yeah, I would rather rather one of those two guys would have been better than a Hayden Hurst for sure. What do you think, Jaden? I mean, this tight end class was not a very good mm-hmm. one um, overall. I don't think you're losing that much. I do think the fact that what was built up between Uzama right. and Burrow, that's what you're losing a lot more than, like, the quality of player. Because I don't think, like, Uzama's, like, this generational tight end. That, I, like, do I think he's going to be fantastic in New York now? Like, but, I mean, I think Hayden Hurst, if, you step, if he steps in and he, you know, builds up chemistry with Burrow, he's going to be wide open a lot, especially with T. Higgins, like, emerging as a legit, like, number two option which was like kind of a question mark for the early parts of the season now you've got jamar chase who is a very very legit number one and t higgins hayden hurst is going to see a lot of wide open middle of the fields now so yeah he might produce i i do think he'll produce and maybe even a similar fashion to his on well jacob mclaren has uh has some optimism he says hurst got wheels man so i'm not i don't know yeah he knows yeah, that i guess he from bottom I haven't, I haven't seen the wheels i don't know yeah, but that was when he was drafted, and then he signed a contract with somebody else, and then now he's signing another contract, so it's two contracts later. So he might be a little slower nowadays, but, but yeah. All right, so with that, let's dive into our uh, overall grades, boys, shall we? Um, I'll, go ahead. I'll go ahead first, and obviously the thing that needed addressing, we've said it a hundred times, was the offensive line. I, I love what you said, Jaden, about the volume over si- trying to go after a guy like Armstrong or Sheriff. Um, I'm going to go ahead and give it an A- minus because, you know, the Hayden Hurst, like we said, and Daxon Hill, kind of questionable. And also, you could have maybe gone for one of those major guys and still got these guys. I don't know how the cap situation would have worked out, but I'll go ahead and give it an A-, minus, which is really solid. So, Tyler? I had it as B plus um, just because I am still concerned about their defense, uh, especially from the back end. Um, I just, I, I worry like Jaden was talking about with JC Bates second year in a row with the franchise tag and probably going to be looking at a holdout here. Um, I, I mean, you're going to throw Cam Taylor Britt right in right away. Are you going to throw Dax Hill in right away? I mean, those are young guys. And then other than that, you've got uh, Mike Hilton and uh, Eli Apple. Big question marks in my also. Uh, why my, did they bring love, back Eli but, Apple? Can anybody answer that question for me? He wasn't dog shit terrible. I yeah. will like give him that. He wasn't that bad. I felt like he, he wasn't was good. The spotlight is when he just underperformed. Well, yeah, and it was just like the fact that you know he's got like the whole like Twitter beef with everybody. I think everybody likes to pile on him. He's not great, but I mean, it was a one-year, four million dollars. You know why? You know really, why you're defending Eli Apple? That doesn't hurt him. He sounds like every single player on the Steelers roster like two years ago. At, like Juju, Claypool, like just absolute distractions. I mean, A. B. I can go back further. Le'Veon Bell. Like, I mean, that's that's four major players on your teams. Eli Apple is no major player. Le'Veon Bell just held out. Is is Jesse is Jesse Bates a major distraction too? That's exactly what Le'Veon did. Yeah, but then he goes out and tries to wrap the whole AB. And like, uh, that was in New York. That was in New York. <laughs> he didn't do that shit in Pittsburgh. Okay. 
And most of, I would say, probably 70%, if not more, of the A-B problems happened post-Pittsburgh. So Tomlin knows how to... Again... Tomlin knows how to manage, Yeah, man. he does. Um, but how about... Unnecessary. Yeah, I didn't mean to... Uh, well, I did mean to take that shot, but I didn't mean... Uh, didn't mean it. Didn't mean any ill will, you know. So, uh, but what you got for your overall grade? Uh, I'm probably leaning a B to a B minus here. Honestly, yeah. I did like, I, I like I said, I did like the fact that they attacked uh, the offensive line with volume. I don't hate the Hayden Hurst signing as much as you guys did, but like the later rounds for Cincinnati were just not not good at all. I didn't like Cam Taylor Britt where they got him. Zach Carter was like fourth, fifth, sixth round player on a lot of boards. I know he was picked the back end of the third, but he was not being talked about very well by a lot of people. He's a real, real, real project that you're going to have to bring along. And I know that we're doing this now, but you know, until the season starts, we're pretty much in the off season. This Jesse Bates scenario is going to be resolved somehow. It's either going to be resolved with you giving him top of the market safety money, which I think is a bad move, which would lower this grade or you don't have jesse bates next year which means you probably don't have him in the future which is also a bad offseason move so probably gonna lean b to b minus we'll we'll settle on a b because i did like what they did with the offensive line sweet <clears throat> all right well that wraps it up for the uh cincinnati Bengals talk so wait i thought we were gonna do uh do you guys want to do over unders oh shit you're right oh you're right. bad my bad yeah I also I also have my favorite game for them this year too. Okay, yeah, um, we we wanted to put that like save it for like the preview episodes, but like if you want to toss out, okay. you want to toss it out, you can. It's a big deal. But um, Chiefs when they play, when, when they play the Chiefs. Oh yeah, I mean Chiefs. it's it's a rematch of the AFC Championship, and not only that, but it starts their final six games of the year, which is them, the Browns at the Bucks at the Patriots, Bills, and Ravens gauntlet and that in that division too you're gonna have to win those out of conference or out of division game too so and hey the pats the bills the chiefs like good lord but all right yep and the the, yeah pats bills bucks chiefs ridiculous all right so i dove into uh some research for this one and found the over unders and they actually just released them today which is pretty convenient um so yeah, over under on wins for the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, the betting line is nine and a half wins. So, what are we feeling here, boys? Looking at it, hmm. I'm gonna go under. I'm gonna go under because this division is only getting better. You know, I don't think it's gonna be as much of a straight line walk. Uh, well, it wasn't a straight line walk last year, but um. I don't think it. Yeah, I think this division is going to be a lot more competitive this year. I think every team almost improved, basically, in my opinion. But yeah, it's not going to be. We've been talking about it forever. It's not going to be the every Bengals fan thinks that they're like some like locketed Super Bowl perennial team now. Like that's not the case, especially in that division. So yeah, I'll go under. I'll go under nine and a half. So, Tyler. Yeah, that's what I've got. I got them actually at nine and eight. So right there um, at under nine and a half. I just think you couple things. A, you go from being the hunter to the hunted. That's such a big thing, especially in this division where you've got teams with pedigree and, and a lot of veterans that are trying to chase them now um, with the Ravens, Steelers, and Browns. 
I also just think, you know, we're talking about those final six games. I mean, that's just an absolute stretch for any team. It's going to be hard. And then you're looking at games like at the Saints, the Dolphins, at the Cowboys. There's a lot of difficult games where I think they benefited more from an easier schedule last year uh, compared to this year. So I think that, you know, there's obviously a lot of luck involved in this league. And um, I just don't think they're going to be as lucky. The other thing to remember is, they only went 10 and seven last mm-hmm. year. I know they lost that final game, which was kind of a throwaway game, but I mean, still I, the, that's just a half a game above what the projections are or what the betting line is. And I'm only taking them half a game under. So I think they're going to be right around that 10, seven, nine, eight, eight, nine range. So I, I would take the under there. Sweet. Jaden, what you thinking? Yeah, we're going to be a clean sweep here. I'm going under as well. I just, I feel like they got hot at the right time, which is like something that's been talked about a lot for Cincinnati um, that they did last year. They got hot going into the postseason. That's great. I mean, Baltimore won a Super Bowl doing that 10 years ago. Jesus Christ, know, 10 dude, years ago now. I was thinking about that the other day. Um, yeah. And they do face, you know, one of the toughest divisions. We're going to, you know, make a lot of the same points. They play a lot of tougher teams. And all it takes is for them to have a little bit of a rough start because newness is a thing for this team. I know that you have, you know, a head coach coming back, quarterback coming back, but you completely overhauled this offensive line. You're also losing easily your best defensive player in Jesse Bates in all likelihood um, for some length of time. So if you start slow, like let's say they start even like five and three, four and four, and then you go into that mm-hmm. gauntlet and you drop like four or five games in there, you're probably going to miss the playoffs, right. especially in this division where you're going to see Baltimore and Cleveland be 10 plus win teams in all likelihood. And they have, they might have um, some of I that just find uh, Super Bowl hangover too at the beginning of the year, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And don't As forget well. in week, uh, week three, they've got a big rematch at the Jets who beat them last year. Mike yeah. White. Well, they're that, yeah. Mr. Forgot to add that into the loss total. So they're way, <laughs> they're way. Under. Yeah, they're losing to but, the Jets. <laughs> If Mike yeah, White's sure. playing. Dude, where's yeah. Mike White now? Anybody know? Well, I, I I hope he's doing well these days, man. That dude was a dog. Fan controlled football league? Maybe. You see TOs in the fan controlled football league now? I feel like somebody else notable just went was it's Vic, it's Michael Vick, isn't it? Vic just what? signed with him, really? didn't he? I'm pretty sure he oh, did. Shit. Yeah. I I'm like looking I'm looking at their schedule right now and they've got the Bengals in Cincy. And they've also got the Panthers in Cincy, and they've got at the Jets. Other than that, they could lose every other game. Yeah, and like I said, they're yeah. going to be coming off. They could also win every other game, but like it, there, there's a lot of toss-up games or games that they might. And play. like I know, I know we're supposed to do this without injuries being a factor because obviously, if Patrick Mahomes tears his ACL in Week Two, everything is out the window. But there are some teams that are built to sustain a quarterback loss. I don't think Cincinnati mm. is one of those teams. If Joe Burrow misses three to four weeks, that pretty much ends their season, especially depending on when it is. Like they they are in not very good shape to just have a backup come in and play. I really like that for point. a couple of weeks. Not that every team is. I agree. But. And also on that same injury note, uh, like you said, we can't factor in injuries, but Joe Mixon has a history of getting injured. I mean, I'm pretty sure last season was Yeah, and he stayed healthy all year last year, except for like I think I think he missed a game um where Piron played. I think it might have been a first it was his most games that he had played in like three, four years or something like that. Yeah, I would 
I would definitely say that's that. And I mean, obviously they go on and win a super or go to the Super Bowl last year. If you don't have Joe Mixon all season, probably not going to be as effective in the running game, which makes Joe Burrow less effective, which makes Jamar Chase less effective, which, you know, kind of derails your football team. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. All right, we ready to uh move on to the Balmer Ravens? All right. Sure. Sweet. Okay, so next team we got up here is, as I just said, the Baltimore Ravens. And we got it. Uh, hopefully, Jacob McLaren's still in here and uh, some other Ravens fans float in for this one. Um, but yeah, so in their off seasons, uh, or in their off season, some of the most notable stuff to go down. Uh, they, in the draft, they brought in Tyler Lindenbaum at center, and then they also brought in Kyle Hamilton at safety, which is huge. Uh, they signed Marcus Williams out of New Orleans, the safety, to a big, I believe it was four-year 75. Um, and then they brought in Michael Pierce uh, from Minnesota, I believe. And um, then David Njabo, they drafted him, who a lot of the, a lot of draft experts before he got injured had Ojabo going to the Ravens in the first round. But he ends up falling, and he ends up going to them anyway. Um, but on the departure side... We've got somewhat of a hefty list, starting with Marquise Hollywood-Brown, who was traded on draft night to the Cardinals. Um, Sammy Watkins, he's out of town now in Green Bay. Uh, Bradley Bozeman, center, out of town. Cornerback uh, Tavon Young was cut the other day. And then Deshaun Elliott, safety, is also out of town. So, uh, initial thoughts, boys. Some of your favorite moves, some of your worst moves. What you got? Tyler, I'll start with you, bro. Oh, you can't hear me? Dang. All right, well, Jaden, Jaden, give me your uh, give me your insight. Uh, so favorite move is 100% moving on from Hollywood Brown. The fashion that they did it, not so much of them not having a receiver anymore, which is a big problem that we'll get to in a second. But you draft Hollywood with, what, the 25th pick three years ago? You get three years of solid play. I mean, he was your number one wide receiver for that entire period. And you trade him for the 23rd pick. Like, I feel like that is absolutely excellent business. Baltimore does this shit all the time. It's frustrating as hell. Um, but you got to love that for Baltimore. Um, Marcus Williams, I don't know if I love that because, you know, that is a long-term deal. They also end up taking a safety in Kyle Hamilton, who I, I do like a lot. Um, I think he'll be very good there. I also really like David Ajabo there because they have done a good job of developing edge guys, and they get to take him, get a redshirt year out of him. They only used a second on him, um, and he could be that opposite that guy opposite of Odafe Owe. You have a very good edge tandem if he does continue to develop. Um, I overall, man, it's just it's frustrating as hell watching Baltimore do what they do uh, every offseason. Well, again, we'll get into the draft stuff in a minute, but yeah, I cannot stand that front office. That's unfortunate as a Steelers fan. Tyler, can you uh, you back with us, boss? Sweet. Yeah, hear me? Yes, sir. You're all good. All right. All right. I had, I don't know, some audio issues with my other headset. The, uh, I was plugged <laughs> into you, the mic jack what and the, the mic fuck? jack just. You got your, you got the, mic you got the cables in your hand. Yeah, because the. Because the cord's too small, and I don't have enough time to go find another one, so I'm like, I'm just rolling with it right now. Um, I respect Ravens. That. All right, let's talk about their <laughs> offseason. Um, I love the Morgan Moses signing. Three years, 15 mil for Savvy Vet, who's pretty versatile. 
especially with Ronnie Stanley's injury history. Um, you can plug him and play him if necessary on different parts. And I think it's definitely an upgrade from Villanueva. Um, so I, I really liked the Morgan Moses uh, signing. And then I loved the trade of Hollywood Brown, at least for what they got in return. I mean, you got a first rounder for him and basically the Eagles got a very similar package for AJ or the, 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 yeah, the Eagles had to give up a similar package for AJ Brown is what I'm saying. Like, I, you gotta love what the Ravens did there, and then they turned that into uh, a center who they lost Bozeman, and then they replaced him with arguably the best center in the draft. Like you were saying, you hate to see what the Ravens do because every year they just what did I have Mark on here? The Ravens continue to dominate drafts and simply take the best player available. It's such a simple draft draft strategy, and it seems to always work out. They have their positions of need, but sometimes there's positions of need are just the best available player. Kyle Hamilton, Ajobo, Linderbaum. I mean, you can arguably say they had a top three draft, if not the best draft, um, at least from the first couple of rounds. So love what they did in the draft. Um, their worst move, in my opinion, not addressing the receiver position. I know that that kind of counter argues my point with Hollywood Brown, but I just love what they were able to get for Hollywood Brown. And I don't think that he was that great, but yeah, that depth chart in the receiver room might be the worst in football. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And it's going to be problematic at times this year. I know they're getting yeah. Dobbins. I know they're getting Dobbins back. I know they're getting Gus Edwards back from injury and all, but like, man, you got to worry. I mean, if Bateman is your number one and then you're looking at like James Prochet and Duvernay. Tylen Wallace, Duvernay, Duvernay who's a kick return, punt return specialist. Like, hmm. I don't know. Like, I don't like that. So, I thought about this a lot because, like, at first I was like, oh, shit, Lamar's now without a premier top weapon. But, like, the way that they run their offense, like, who really needs him, you know? Like, you need a guy like Rashad Bateman, and you need a tight end in that offense. And you have a great one in Mark Andrews. So, and then you'll be throwing it out of the backfield a lot, too. J.K. Dobbins will be catching a lot. So you've got your three top receiving options are J.K. Dobbins, Rashad Bateman, and Mark Andrews, not in that order. But I think that's pretty solid who you're throwing the ball to, especially considering the, the, yeah. uh, the offense that the Ravens run. It's just, and like, I'm going to say this every time I mention an injury, but we can't account for injuries this early. But Rashad Bateman did miss, what, 10 games last year yeah. to start the season as a rookie. Now, if he goes down and you're running James Prochet, Devin Duvernay, and Tylen Wallace as your one, two, and three, like, or even worse, if Mark Andrews mm. goes down, like if Mark Andrews misses time, they are screwed. They cannot throw the ball because no one will care. Like they, they will, teams will run seven into the box because it's just not a big factor to, you know, try and throw to those guys. I, I do think it's a huge mistake to not address the receiver room. There are still guys, Odell and Julio, namely, are still available. I think but Odell's that probably going to be out for most of next year. Yeah, which is why I do think Julio ultimately ends up either there in green bay and the main reason why i've been thinking about this for baltimore is my like chicago bears slander for what the hell they've done around justin fields and we'll talk about that more once we get to the nfc north but like at least baltimore has mark andrews like justin fields in chicago they don't have anything but like at least they have mark andrews at least they have dobbins at least they have something there they have somebody to throw the ball to um i'll make this not in the wide receiver room I'll say this, you know, talking about the injuries and like how you can never account for those. 
you could never account for what happened to them last year, which is why oh, I think yeah. that they get you would have to understand you would have to think the law of averages evens out where they have a little bit better injury history or injury luck this year, especially with the line and the DBs and just those two positions in general. Um, so you got to think that that might and running back that you got to think that that'll change a little bit for the Ravens. But yeah, I'm, I I know that obviously having the tight end is is crucial, especially in that type of offense, having that safety net. But you're taking away your deep threat now, so they don't know their safeties are able to cheat up a little bit. So I I, just, I, I worry about that. Yep. And that was a huge thing. Like they needed Hollywood's ability to break the like open the field up, you know, because they needed that to have their running game succeed, you know? So when you don't have the deep threat, but Prochet and Duvernay, those are some fast motherfuckers. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Duvernay returns kicks, and I'm pretty sure Prochet is pretty speedy. Yeah, I mean, you're not wrong in that regard, but, like, they're not, these are not Hollywood speed. Like, yeah, they're not like Hollywood top right. five wide yeah. receiver speed in the yeah, NFL. Well, and I don't and know. He how, still couldn't open up the offense. I don't know how this is possible, but I think Duvernay probably has worse hands than Hollywood from a first receiver yeah. standpoint. <laughs> I mean, there's a reason why he was a kick return, punt returner over a wide receiver. So I, I just worry about that as well. I mean, he might be a streaker, but like, can he catch? Yeah. I do think that they address this problem before the season starts. I know that there's not a ton of options out there, but Julio Jones is a option that will likely be there. I know it's actually we're a couple days away because he's got that post June first release designation, and that's in a week. So we might find out about where he's going to go in the next week or so. I think I think Baltimore is going to push hard for him because they have to. Like they don't really have a choice. I would love for them. I mean, they don't have the ability to do it but i would love for them to go after Debo. <laughs> i think that would be so that would electric be exciting. i would shoot he so would be exciting. I, no, I, would shoot that. I mean i don't know man what from what i've been rapaport has been covering the debo situation financially pretty close and he doesn't know if the 49ers and debo are going to get a deal done still he's like yeah but baltimore cannot get it yeah and that's something like we're since we're in off-season talk and i don't know if we like had this on the docket but yeah the mars contract there it is, still is. Not been signed yet. there it is like <laughs> just I, in the I'm not talking about this more because obviously like i saw um tweet come out the other day that's like teams are monitoring this situation like everything points to the fact you know he loves baltimore he he represents himself for some reason i don't really know why but it's scary man if you're a ravens fan like you've got that's always going to be in the back of your mind all season like he's not been like holding out doing the whole taking his name out of taking the ravens out of his instagram bio situation like he's still committed to this team but yeah but he like the contract still hasn't been signed you want that contract signed and let's say i feel like it's almost a lose-lose because if he doesn't play well this year baltimore might be thinking to themselves well we really do good drafting we could maybe figure this out around lamar jackson and if he plays really well he's gonna want more money and the longer you wait the more quarterbacks get their bag which means the market continues to reset and reset and reset kyler murray's probably going to get his deal done before lamar does which means you're going to have to top kyler murray's deal that's a good point you know, Kyler runs around a lot, but Lamar runs around a lot more. And that has been the narrative around him his entire career is, oh, what happens when he gets hurt and he can't run anymore? But once you give that man five years, $250, 300000000 million, if he gets hurt, you are fucked. I'm going to say this. you were paying him that much money, you are screwed. I could see 
South Beach being where he goes. Oh, yeah. It just makes so much sense. 100%. If Tua, does, if Tua doesn't work out this year and the Ravens don't ink him to a long-term contract, I mean, if he has even a decent year, doesn't have to be an MVP caliber year, but at least a decent year, they would they would do everything to get him there. And I you with the with the Ravens not doing anything at the wide receiver position, you gotta imagine like he's like, damn, that's where I'm from. Like I could go play at home. Tyree Kill yeah, is there. Tyree exactly. Kill. You already got one of the Which fastest is like rosters on acid. in football. And Waddle. And Waddle. Yeah. And Gasicki. And Mike McDaniel, who runs the exact kind of offense that would have Lamar Jackson winning MVPs until he retires because of how much he wants to run the ball. And to be honest, that's why I have my, my off season rank a little bit lower because they haven't signed Lamar. And the longer they continue to wait, the, the more question marks, the more uneasy Ravens fans are going to get. It's, it's, it's the biggest question right now circulating around the city of Baltimore. Yeah. Hands down. For sure. The last time, Especially now that Adley's been called up. Nobody, I mean, it's all about Grayson's about to get called up here pretty soon, bro. Don't don't forget about that. Sorry. Uh, number three overall prospect in baseball. Number one pitching prospect in baseball. Yes, sir. Okay. But, uh, all right, football. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, Jacob said, uh, Jacob what are the said other he things? does not like this combo. He does not like hearing uh, Lamar to Miami talks. Because it scares him. He yeah. doesn't like it. Dude, it makes exactly. so much sense. The more that we talk about it and talk through it, it makes so much sense. And I've heard Miami mentioned multiple times from other people. It's not like we're just shooting this out yeah, the because, ass. Because, because we might have to put this out into the ether. The biggest question mark surrounding the city of Baltimore. It's just, it, it's, it's, they had the chance probably after his second year to really ink him to that deal and they didn't then and now they're they're caught in that jam because it's like like you said if you sign him and then he gets hurt then it's like shit and then if you don't sign him and he continues to put up these stats it's like we just gotta we're just gonna have to empty the bag at some point we're just prolonging the inevitable at this point throughout this whole conversation i've been thinking about imagine if rg three like had a couple more healthy seasons and then we signed him to the contract and then he got injured you guys will be right where you are right now. <laughs> That's so funny, bro. That was Kenny Pickett working out for you. <laughs> Just as good as Carson Wentz. Hey, at least the Steelers. At oh, least the Steelers God. aren't trying to put a stadium in North Carolina. So. Yeah, that's true. What are you talking about, me? Sorry, I had to, dude. That where they're put, where they're, Washington's putting that stadium is just so far out of the. Just they're the counting fuck. votes to get that about. motherfucker out, bro. Dan Snyder, fight, he, fight for old Dixie. That's what it is now. It's not even DC. It's the South. <laughs> just say fuck it. Put him in RFK. Well, I it, We should have been in RFK this whole time. They asked us to come back to RFK. Literally, the mayor of DC was like. We would be happy to welcome you back. And Dan Snyder's like, fuck you. I'm the worst human being alive, and I'm going to prove it. And that's what, he, that's what he does every day. So, there's, they're counting votes at league meetings right now. Hopefully to get him removed from office. I heard a move is not imminent. Very depressing. But I'm not going to bore you guys with my Dan Snyder depression. I'm going to throw you guys... I'm going to end with this question and then we'll, we'll move on to over-unders. 
in the next five years, is Lamar Jackson a Raven? Yes. God, I hope not. I think so. I think they Jayden? get a deal done. I don't know, man. Like, I, I don't want to, like, buy into this thing that you've just presented to me, and I've had five minutes to think about it, but... I mean, it makes sense. He loves Baltimore, though. That's the one thing. Like, he really loves Baltimore. He loves Harbaugh. He loves the city. I think you might. He seems like a loyal like Mc, guy. Mike McDaniel a little bit more. I don't know. Players, like. He might. but I know he's got that connection. I'm gonna, I, I think that's a big change. I'm going to say no, and here's why. I think that what has ha- And you started the episode with this, Kane. What has happened this offseason, I think, has laid the landscape for what we're going to see in future years with guys leaving teams more quickly and stop sitting around for to win a championship and just go out and go to the best team that they think that they're possibly going to fit in. So that's why I think that also if it doesn't happen in Miami, right. But, but if it doesn't happen in Miami, it might happen elsewhere, but and I just, I, I don't know if I see it with Baltimore and that, and I know I'm going to get a lot of slander with that, but I just, I don't know if I see it. What's your final verdict, Jay? Yeah, and at the end of the day, yeah, at the end of the day, Baltimore is a very, very smart organization. We have been talking about it. We've been praising them this entire time for what they've done in the draft and what they've done this offseason. They're not going to go be like, oh, my God, we have a franchise quarterback. Let's go get him $300 million. They're, that's why I'd imagine that's why this con- this whole talks has been like laboring around is because they're like, do we really want to do this? Like, Again. I think they love Lamar and – Joe Flacco, yeah. they made him the highest-paid yeah. quarterback yeah. in NFL history at that the time. Too. They had and, the history of the main quarterback. It's funny because the same – declining trajectory. Yeah, until they got Lamar. They paid, yep, yep, they went from the Super Bowl, and they went straight down. From when they got – when they signed Flacco that big extension, I don't think they improved from year to year until they got Lamar. So they, that's also definitely in the back of your mind, and – you know, you've built this great roster now that if they're healthy, I mean, this we were talking about with the Bengals, this is probably one of the teams that could withstand a quarterback injury. Like if Tyler Huntley comes in, he could win eight eight games with this team. Yeah. If, you know, all these rookies and all these signings pan out, obviously that's in an ideal world. But this team, that's definitely in the back of the I agree mind. with you. I don't think this team depends like entirely on Lamar Jackson at times. Like I feel like they could be successful with a Tyler Huntley in there. I agree with you. But it's funny. And they were. Like, they were in games with the Packers and the Rams. And it's funny because you mentioned Joe Flacco. We're having, I mean, maybe not as much anymore, but the same conversation that was revolving around Flacco now revolves around Lamar. Is he an elite quarterback? Like, obviously, like, Lamar. In a completely different sense, though. Lamar's going to get the money. Like, Joe Flacco. Lamar's going to get the money. But, like, are. But they. But. But but with both quarterbacks, what you're seeing is the Ravens did not sign the quarterbacks when they had to in their second, third year of the rookie deal. They waited till the end of the rookie deal to go ahead and sign them. Right. Yeah, that's bad business for quarterbacks. But um, we got a couple of comments coming in here uh, from John Michael. Um, he says the Philadelphia Eagles will be your 2022 NFC East champions. Um, okay. Don't disagree. Like don't disagree with that. Yeah. I'm oh, don't! That. Yeah. And that I'm hurts me that. to say. I'm with that, but uh, we'll dive into the NFC hey, uh, pretty that. soon here. Hey, Kane. Yeah. Uh, Rukunen Odor just hit a three-run homer to put the Orioles on top. I Side just note: just got the notification. Five three. <laughs> We're fucking going, dude. Yeah, you guys saw me mention Odor. I was like, oh, like come on. Orioles are winning the fucking <laughs> World Series. 
I was at the now that would be awesome. I was at the laundromat today, and some dude was talking like to any. And this is I don't want to get on a rant, Orioles talk, but like for a smart Orioles fan, like we realize what's going on right now. Like we're not chasing a pennant right now. Like we're like we under we're just happy to see things like finally coming together for us. But some dude today was talking about like oh they need to win like twenty straight games to get back into it. And I was like, you're an Orioles fan and you're thinking that way, then that's a rough existence, my friend. Um, but yeah. And then we've got generic username 117 saying also the same thing about the Eagles. So interesting. We'll get into that NFC East talk. Yeah, for sure. And we might may or may not have special content for that episode. Who knows? Stay tuned. But all right. So overall grades for the Ravens in their offseason. I will go ahead and give it a. Uh, I'll go ahead and give it a B, straight B, because I love what they did on the def- defensive side of the ball. I didn't get to talk about Kyle Hamilton, but doesn't he make so much sense as a Raven? And he fell to them. Like I kept thinking that he was he'd possibly go to the Eagles, possibly go, to, but like he fell to the Ravens, and they scooped him. him. Marcus Williams. Um, Marcus Peters and Humphrey is a very nice secondary. Also, with that secondary, and I meant to say it when we were talking about the guys that are on their way out, Chuck Clark's probably on his way out there. That safety room just doesn't have room for him anymore. And, like, Harbaugh, like, kind of ducked around the question when he asked, you know, what's Chuck Clark's role going to be with these new safeties coming in? He's probably gone as well. So you're completely overhauling your safety room for two better players. And they just brought in uh, Kyle Fuller as of today, local guy from yeah. Baltimore. Oh, did they? You know, going to get to go back. Yeah. How f- wow. That is a fucking secondary right there. Jeez. Just the knowledge in that secondary alone. Insane. I will say, and this was like total being a hater, um, he was cut for a reason. Yeah, he was right. terrible last year. He was cut from Chicago the year before because he was not good. He had a 47 PFF grade last year. That's why I said the knowledge. And he had a 64 PFF grade the year before that. So he's like, yeah, he has bad experience. He's a former All-Pro, for God's sakes, but he is no longer good anymore. And he's Well, if you he's know, your third corner. going to probably be in a fourth. If he's your third corner, I think you're in a good spot. I mean, if your third if your third corner is giving you a 47 PFF grade, garden number three wide receivers, you might need to make some calls. But <laughs> he is going back home name, though, and that could have an effect. Wise, that sounds good. Yeah, and Baltimore always gets their secondary to play up. Um, I mean, you know, last year they had. Well, then what's your what's grade? signing? Um, what's a, what's a, we got to give these boys grades, man? I gave him a B. I gave him a B. Who's good? Who wants to throw? What you got, Jaden? Yeah, what you got, Jaden? Oh, shit. All right. I'm probably leaning an A. Um, all the reason why it's not an A plus is because of the Lamar situation and the fact that it hasn't been resolved yet. Um, I think they absolutely killed the draft. This has to be, like, I've been, like, adamantly covering the draft for the last two years. Like, obviously, I followed it. I'm a football fan, but, like, really, really watching the draft over the last two years. This is the best draft that I've seen over those last two years. You get Kyle Hamilton, that's a solid pick. Um, like that might be towards the bottom as far as picks for value go. Um, you do the Hollywood swap, you get Linderbaum. Ajabo is a top fifteen player if he's healthy. You get him to redshirt, come in, be an edge opposite of Adafi Owe. Travis Jones was getting talked about in the first round. They get him at fucking pick seventy six, right, which I was, I, in my opinion, 
in my opinion, might be the best pick of the draft. Uh, you get Daniel Falele, who is 6'9", 380 pounds, to come in and be a mauler in the run game. Um, Jalen Armour Davis in the fourth round, the 14th pick of the fourth round. Uh, I believe it was in our second-to-last mock before we before the draft. I had him as their 53rd pick to the Ravens, so they get him two rounds later. They get Charlie Kolar and Isaiah Likely. Wow. With the tight end class being a total crapshoot, I'm sure there were people that had both of those guys at tight end yeah. one. I mean, absolute masterclass of a likely. Draft. And sure. then they make smart signings of free agency. They go get Morgan Moses, Jawan James, who you know hasn't played football in a year. They got him on a redshirt year type of situation last year, where he tore his ACL, became a free agent. And two, that's more tackle depth that you had there. The wide receiver thing, yes, that's a real concern. I still think it gets addressed at some point and then the Lamar situation. So I'm going to leave it at an A right now, but I absolutely love what Baltimore did this year. Yeah, I've got it at a, at a B. Um, I think that the draft was incredible. Uh, I don't disagree with you whatsoever there. Uh, I, I totally agree with the Travis Jones analysis too. Um, what they, they do it every year, like we said, but I, I think that what they did was absolutely incredible there. I worry about the receivers. I worry about Lamar. And then one signing that I just had a question mark with, and it's probably my bias being a Vikings fan, is the Michael Pierce signing for three years, 27 mil. Uh, The guy has barely played the last two years, one year due to COVID, one year due to injury. What kind of production are you going to get out of him? Um, And I know that... I think they're going to play him in like a rotational type of role because like, I know that, I know they've got like Matabike in there and I think, I'm pretty sure Brandon Williams is still there. You got Campbell? Campbell's still there. Yeah, and you got Calais Campbell, technically. Um, and they, they did get the best out of him. I know this is not the same player that they let sign with the Vikings a few years ago. but Yeah, I I, I understand. I, like I said, I think the draft is half of it, and I think the offseason's half of it, and I just wasn't impressed with everything that they did this offseason. I thought there were some more question marks, especially, like we said, the re- receiver position, but it's not done. So that obviously grade could change. And then I'll start with, I have them over nine and a half wins, just barely. I have them at 10 and seven. I like that. I'll go over nine and a half. I think they'll 11 or 12. I'll go 11 or 12. Jaden? Yeah, I'm, I'm probably going to go over as well. Um, they do get a couple of like really easy games. Um, like they, they get Atlanta to start the season. They get New York and Miami. But it like it's it's so weird because like I feel like every team I know this is weird to say but I feel like every team in the NFL is good now like I know that's I've, when like, you just said Miami I was Steelers. like yeah I know like my most, most NFL players are good well and it's like um, I, I do agree with you on that because it's like there's like three or four teams like unfortunately if we have any listeners Panther uh, the Panthers the Falcons the Texans Seattle. Seattle, I would say those are like the the ah, but they could be. You never know. Jacksonville, um, they could be, especially in a weak division. Yeah, I mean, they're. Uh, We just saw the Bengals in the fucking Super Bowl. They were a bottom five odds to be in the Super Bowl going into this year. Brand new head coach, brand new head coach, T. Law, second year, Travis Etienne healthy. Like, I mean, Dougie, Dougie, Dougie P. just won a Super Bowl four years ago. They're getting a first-round pick back healthy this year. Like, I'm not saying that they're going to. I'm just saying that if they were to go seven and ten, it's not all that surprising. Mm-mm. There's there, every team besides those probably four that we named, maybe five are in between like a six to twelve win 
basis, maybe seven to 12 or 12 win weight uh, basis. There's so much parity anymore in the NFL, which is great. Especially if, Oh, go ahead. But Yeah. I still think that the, I still think the Ravens are going to go over nine and a half. I think they're just too good right now. Again, can't account for injuries. I'm going to say this every time we do this, but I, I can't imagine what happened last year happens again this year where, you know, half the roster just gets shot in the face and they don't have anybody. Is that how it went? Again. They got shot in the face um, in practice? That Baltimore runs yeah. runs their, I mean, runs their show a little differently. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, true. Former former murder capital of the US. So there's there is a possibility there. But uh they do they do get a lot of divisional opponents down the stretch. They get us twice and then they get Cleveland and Cincinnati in the last five weeks. Um but I, I do think they're going to be. Oh, they get Tampa, Tampa Bay on Prime Video. I don't know why I'm excited about that. I should be pissed, man. Fuck Prime Video. What? Doing that. What do you mean? Fuck NFL uh, Network. I don't fuck with. I don't fuck, fuck NFL with that, man. Network. No, NFL Network isn't good, but like I hate the fact that because they're going to do it for Apple TV too. Which, they got Herb Street way, and fucking Al Michaels on there, bro. What do you like? Dude, look, man, look. So they're going to do the same thing with Apple TV, which is another thing, like another subscription service. I hate that they're locking NFL games behind a paywall. Like the NBA does it with NBA TV, but like, that's their thing. I understand that. But like, if we've got to have two like NBA games, I don't give a shit if I miss a regular season NBA game. Yeah, like, but it's a, who cares? But like a football game, a those paywall, matter. but how much are you paying for cable? Like, you know? Yeah, but I use cable for more than football. I'm like, I don't have Apple TV Plus. I don't think I do. But a lot of people probably don't, considering it's fairly new. Like Amazon is something a lot of people have. Once Apple TV gets it, not a lot of people have Apple TV Plus, and they're going to be paying, you know, dollars a month to watch football games that they already could have been watching. I just, I just don't. You guys, do you guys have, uh, you guys don't have the NFL Sunday ticket, I presume. I do. No, I thought they discontinued. That. Uh, not that I know, unless it's the upcoming year, they won't. Co- I thought they like. I had it last year, and I was I using. Uh, I use. I use your. I use Kane's uh, friends login info to get the student discount because it's only like a hundred dollars for the year compared to like four hundred dollars if you're not a student in college. Or, just illegally. Yeah, that's such a pain in the ass. I'd rather just pay and the twenty five dollars a yeah, month. Yeah, dude, to... and then you gotta like restart it every fucking like uh, five minutes. And I get red zone with it. Yeah. And, like now. Well, I will say about Sunday tickets, Red Zone, absolutely fucking trash. That guy, Siciliano, has the largest ears. He reminds me of Dumbo the Elephant. Like, he... I don't, don't need to slander yeah. the guy. I mean, he's yeah. Bad he's bad at his job. He's, he's, I mean, if he weren't bad at his job, I wouldn't talk... Like, Dan Orlovsky has really big ears. I love Dan Orlovsky. Are we? Dan Orlovsky's awesome. But that guy's... I know that we're just doing banter, but are we coming up on an hour with... Yeah, we did spend a lot of time respectively nice. on the Ravens, which we, Ravens. yeah, there's a lot of, I vote. We, I vote. We skim over the Browns and then go heavy on the Steelers. The last thing I'll say, October 27th for the Ravens at Tampa Bay Ravens and Tom Brady obviously have a lot of history. Uh, and it's probably one team that gives Brady fits. Um, so I think that that's going to be a short week on a Thursday night, but I think that that that's the game to circle for the Ravens fans. Fuck. Yeah, man. All right, let's dive into the Cleveland Browns. The Cleveland Browns. I've been listening to a lot of the Pat McAfee show, and I'm starting to get like that that Pittsburgh accent shit in there. Like when I'm 
Hammer Don. Yeah. Hammer Don. One part of the Hammer Don. Dude, I love that show. But, um, all right. So, Cleveland Browns. We are going to recap their offseason right now. And we'll start with a little uh, notable um, additions and subtractions. Um, bringing them in this offseason, obviously, you got Deshaun Watson, uh, largest guaranteed quarterback money or largest guaranteed contract in NFL history by what five fifty million dollars seventy five million dollars it absolutely broke the bank um but yeah fully guaranteed money and then they brought in Amari Cooper in a trade with Dallas um they brought in David Bell in the draft um which everybody expects uh him to fill in the Jarvis Landry role um, Perry and Winfrey, they also bring him in the draft defensive tackle out of Oklahoma. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, and then they also bring in Chase yeah. Vinovich from – he was playing in New England before, right? Yeah. So yep. defensive end, Chase Vinovich on the additions as well. And then on the outs, he got Baker Mayfield, which I don't know if is entirely accurate because he's still on the team, but – and well, I was I'm trying I was trying to fill slots, but no matter what, I find it well, I guess with the Watson suspension maybe looming, I guess he could be playing, so I'm just a jackass. Yeah, that's what, like Sorry. that's what I was gonna say, like because the suspension ruling is supposed to come down like in the next like couple days, I think. But um but yeah, obviously he won't be in Cleveland past this year at least. Um but also on the outs, Jarvis Landry now in New Orleans, Austin Hooper now in Tennessee. Uh, center J.C. Treader, who did not get signed yet, right? Still a free agent, yeah. The, Vi- no, the Vikings, really the, the he, he expressed interest in the Vikings, and the Vikings won't express interest in him, and I have no idea why. It makes no sense to me. Garrett Bradbury. It's crazy, because sure. that's the president of the fucking Players Union, wow. bro. That is... Yeah, it's not like yeah, he's a fucking cancer. Um, but then, also on the outs, you got linebacker Mac Wilson. So... Favorite moves, worst moves, um, off the bat, obviously, I think, well, not obviously, some people might think it's a good move, but I think Deshaun Watson was a really, really big mistake. Uh, Signing him in general, uh, bringing him in as your franchise guy, not bad, but to give him out of the blue, the largest, a guy who has probably got a looming suspension, a pretty decent sized one. In the next couple days, and you give him the largest guaranteed money in NFL history, like, and absolutely break the bank. And so many other teams got to be pissed at the Browns for this because they totally reset the quarterback market by like they advanced it like three or four years. So it fucked up the whole market. And uh, also, if he gets suspended, and then let's say he gets injured, like you can't even cut him then because all that money's guaranteed. So if anything happens with Deshaun Watson, which He's already proven that he has some kind of out of the locker room troubles. And if he has any of those other, more out of the locker room troubles in Cleveland in the next five years, and for some reason he doesn't play for a year, you're not getting them. You got to pay him, bro. Like anything that happens, you got to pay him. So that's my thoughts on Deshaun Watson. What do you guys got? I mean, on Watson specifically. I think that the guaranteed, like, obviously the guaranteed money, every team is like, you don't think Baltimore is fucking madder than hell because you don't think Arizona's madder than hell because they've now got to probably give $250 million guaranteed to two running quarterbacks that could get hurt. Um, But I think the guaranteed money was the only way that he was going to go to Cleveland. I mean, 
I've, I've been following this like um, from the jump, obviously, where Cleveland was like the first team out. Like they were, it was coming down to it. It was Atlanta and New Orleans, like, and it was going to be between those two. Atlanta kind of came in at the 11th hour, um, made a strong push because that's his hometown. But Cleveland was out way, way before the final decisions felt like they were going to happen. And then I guess they made this push with the guaranteed money. I'm pretty sure somewhere in that timeline, they went and got Amari Cooper. Um, I, that's kind of how it happens. I can't imagine that too many other teams were willing to give the guy with his current standing off the football field that kind of guaranteed money, and that's totally understandable. I do think that this was the right move for Cleveland. Um, you know, probably could have stuck it out with Baker Mayfield another year, maybe could have looked out for other options, but to go get it to Sean Watson in this division, in this conference, even if he takes a year off, like, yeah, it sucks. And yeah, you're paying him a lot of guaranteed money, but you're going to get four years of Deshaun Watson. And like, while what he's doing is terrible, if when he was coming out of Clemson or even up until this whole thing happened, dude was like the most stand-up guy. You would have never expected this. You would have picked like 300 different NFL players to say, you know, could have been involved in something like this before you bring up Deshaun Watson's name. So I don't think... I mean, who really knows, especially now that he's been like caught and probably going to be suspended for it. I can't imagine this is going to be a problem again. <laughs> suspended. Um, can't imagine this is going to be a problem again. So once this suspension thing is over and it's behind him and it's just it's just the Sean Watson. It's just, you know, he's just on the team. So I think that's a great move. Obviously. Some Browns fans, like, there were Browns fans saying, you know, I'm done with the Cleveland Browns. I cannot believe that they'd make a move for a guy like this. You know, where are your morals? Um, but your morals? he's your guy now. Like, you kind of got to. I mean, the classic yeah. response to that is it's business. It's not personal. Right. Yeah. And that's what I was saying, like, for Pittsburgh. Like, we didn't. The, apparently, the only AFC team that he was interested in was the Pittsburgh Steelers at first. And then, obviously, like, obviously, Cleveland got involved. But. We didn't even call because we didn't want that problem, especially with what happened with Big Ben. Like 10 years later, the report came out that we were going to trade Big Ben for the number one pick and oh take Sam Bradford. God. Like apparently that was in the works. There's yeah, I would have. Who knows? Because that was. Hey, I'm we traded sure. a first round pick. Sam Bradford, oh, Sam Bradford nowadays, man. Sam yeah. Bradford made so much effing money in this league. <laughs> it is absolutely absurd how many teams he ripped off, including yours truly. But man. Yeah. I will say this, you know, single season, Sam Bradford has the highest completion percentage in NFL history wow. for a single season. Was it for yep. Minnesota? Wow. <laughs> hey, oh. Hey. That was about all he did, because I'll put it to you like this. The year he got hurt, we made the NFC Championship, so that should tell you how <laughs> valuable he was. Yeah. Dude, that the Sam Bradford timeline is, like, so skewed in my head. Like, I feel like he was, like – Gone out of the league in like 2013 for whatever reason, but like he's like fairly yeah. recent. That's I'll say weird. this about the whole Deshaun Watson thing. I, I I'm kind of I kind of shift more toward Jaden. I think because even if he is suspended for this whole year, and he comes back after this year, and like we have to look at it from a football standpoint. Like I can't look at it from like oh, a. I'm not doing that was, either. I'm not doing that. Well, and the other thing is we're supposed to live in a society innocent until proven guilty. But like, I think there's been enough that's come out now where we all have established our own opinion about the whole well, situation. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. We don't know what's going to happen. 
we don't know what the ramifications are going to be, whether or not he's suspended or, or if he's able to play. Let's say he is suspended for the year. I still think the guy that you're getting, who's a absolute difference maker. I mean, this guy was in play for MVP, you know, before everything happened. Uh, he's extremely dynamic. And when you look at the Browns as a whole, all the pieces are there now that they've gotten Amari Cooper as well. All the pieces are there besides quarterback. And they upgraded that piece. In my opinion, they upgraded it significantly yeah. compared to where they were. The Baker experiment clearly has not worked out. And if you're going to make a move, I think now is the time to, to try and make that move while you've still got all these veteran pieces still there on the line, on the defense, uh, at the receiver position. Now, your running backs are what the best duo in football. Um, so I, what what they've got, to surround him with is a no-brainer. Even if Jay, uh, like Jaden said, even if you don't even get this year out of it. If you're, I mean, I totally agree with that. Like, I'm not looking at it from a moral standpoint. But I just don't know. Like, like, he might not play this year, and then who knows if he like the guaranteed money is my thing. Like, if a quarterback if he gets injured, like, and so for some reason over the next five years, like, seems to be falling out of football, you can't do you. Can't do anything about it. He's your quarterback, and he can't do shit about it. But I will say, I mean, in in support of both of you, like Deshaun Watson is one of the few handful of guys that you would want at the quarterback position as a franchise guy that you're building around. You know, like I mean, list them off: Deshaun Watson, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert. Oh, there's Joey so Burrow. many right now, though, dude. Joey Burrow, and then. I mean, if you're taking age out, no, like no, no, Rogers and like Brady. right Lamar, now, like right now, that's it. Like, yeah, Lamar, yeah. Lamar, and Kyler, I would still and put, I would still list. put Matt Stafford in there. I still think he's got five, six years left. Um, I would. Jesus Christ, man! You wouldn't five, six? Like 42. How old is he? No, he's not. I'm fucking tripping. <laughs> I think he. I think he could. You didn't actually think that for a second, did you? Uh, I don't know. What other? There's definitely some other. Like, I mean, Matt Ryan's getting up there in age as well. Um, yeah, he's thirty. Kirky. I was gonna say Kirk Cousins. Kirky? We just had that. We had a group debate about that with comparing his stats to Drew Brees's as far as where they were at this point in the career. The only difference is the Vikings gave Drew Brees. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> obviously, the, Drew Brees has the Super Bowl ring. Kirk Cousins has nothing like that. But I think that there are. There's a lot of pieces in this league. I mean, Derek Carr's still there. Russell Wilson's still there. I mean, there's a lot of pieces that are... around Russell Wilson now. Uh, I don't know. Like, I mean, Denver, I guess you could say they kind of did, but that team was already in place. Like, Russell Wilson's still got what? Seven? Yeah. I think I'd probably... But if you're Russell building, Wilson if you're like, okay, I'm the GM, like that, I get my choice of a franchise sure. quarterback, like, right now, that I want to start from ground up, like, and we go. Like I, like if you already had a perfect team in place, trade for whoever the fuck you want. You know. Well, then you can throw like Trevor Lawrence in that situation and Justin Fields in that situation if you want. Franchise like, I'm, automatic, I'm just saying like, like franchise like fucking stabilizers. This question is so open. Anyway. No, it is. It's yeah. a very vague term. You're right. Just like the term elite, right? Yeah. I mean, once like you can, yeah, you continue to broaden it. I mean, we can start talking about Baker and. Trey Lance, like Jimmy G, but yeah, I will say though, my favorite move. I know that was the initial question that you asked me <laughs> 10 minutes ago um, was 100% of Mark Cooper. Like he made that 
trade specifically might be the best trade, might be, hell, might be the best move that was made all offseason because the exact same situation that Dallas was in and Cleveland was able to capitalize on was the exact same situation that Green Bay was in and Vegas was able to capitalize on. But Vegas spent sent a first and a second to go do that. Granted, Devontae Adams is probably the best player in the league. Amari Kansas Cooper. City was in the same position. You didn't have to give him a new contract. Yeah, but I mean, you're you're essentially giving. Yeah, you're essentially paying him. But it's a it's like a one year deal. It's a one year twenty million dollar deal versus you're giving Devonte Adams what what was it five, uh, one thirty something like that. Well, and then Tyreek got four one twenty. Yeah, but I mean, it's flexible. With this team, you'd probably rather be in a situation where you're paying Tyreek Hill over five years because if Amari Cooper's gone and you now have no money because of Deshaun Watson, that wide receiver room is severely effed. But, I mean, a fifth-round pick, thats it's yeah, not I mean, even comparable. I'd much rather have Amari Cooper for a fifth-round pick and $20 million than Devontae Adams for a first, a second, or Tyreek Hill for a first and a second and a third or whatever the hell, or even A.J. Brown for, um, what was it, a first and a third? Hollywood. Like, never been in a market. Yes, way yeah. more than Hollywood. Um, but, but yeah, I think Amari Cooper, that was a great deal. It's kind of hard to talk about their draft because they didn't really have the opportunity to do much of anything because of the limited draft capital they had. Because I of literally Watson. put, I literally have um, in my notes, they did what they could with the picks they had. <laughs> <laughs> but what, what they, but what they did, I wasn't like in love with. Like David Bell, I don't think is very good. Um, I think Perry on Winfrey's cool. I think he'll be nice on the interior. I think Martin Emerson's also, okay. Also, just brought back um, to David I like Clowney. them continuing to add that. that cornerback group. Yeah, they just signed Clowney. That's true. That's true. I made yeah, I made this graphic before that happened. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's good. I mean, he's he's a number two guy. Like that's pretty much all he's going to be at this point. Like he's bounced around. We've seen him in different systems. It's just that's who he is. This number two, like solid run stopping number two guy. Um, when you have Miles Garrett, that, that you know definitely amplifies how good you're going to be. And also, the guy next to like him, I said, you got Dedavion sure. Clowney. You just signed him. And also, Dedavion Clowney seems like he's been signing one-year deals and just bouncing from place to place. I think it'll be good for him to have another year of security, like in another, like multiple years consecutive in an organization. I think will be good for a guy like Clowney. Um, but yeah. Well, in fairness. It is his choice to continue to do that. I'm sure these teams would love to bring him back on a one-year deal, but he just keeps bouncing from team to team, and that's you know that is ultimately his choice of where he wants to sign. Um, but yeah, I, I do think it's a good move for Cleveland to bring him back. I wouldn't like say it's a fantastic move, but especially since you didn't address the edge really at all. I mean, you go out. I think they got Alex Wright um, from UAB. In the third round, he's not going to be an impact player right away, especially not to the magnitude that Jadavian Clowney is. So we'll see. This this 100% all revolves around if Watson gets suspended, which that answer seems to be yes right now, and for how long? Because like what like what we were saying, the situation is like, oh, well, let's say he's gone. Tyler is wrestling with <laughs> something or someone. Someone. Really mad. Like, he, <laughs> he was... He, he was up in that. I don't know. Lugger, what he was get, but... on some plastic, man. I got to make sure that the golden retriever doesn't choke. Fair. What a dog, dad. Nice. Um, but then the question becomes how much it is. Because we were talking about, like, if Watson's gone for the year. Like, if he's suspended for this year, and then you just essentially start it next year. But it could yeah. be four games, which is 
in in the scale of a season with a team that's this good, that is nothing. Like if it's four games, you're like jumping. And, around and what happens? Games. What happens if because, they haven't traded Baker by that point? What by the time Watson comes I mean, back? I I don't know. I can't imagine that Baker's going to want to. I think you trade. But I think you trade Baker. Breath, like you want to stick it to Cleveland. You want to stick it to Cleveland by not playing like, you know, fuck you guys. This, you walked yourself into the situation. You knew this would happen. I'm not playing for you guys. But the last time we exactly. saw Baker Mayfield, it was a train wreck. He could, he, he could play and for he's, His contract is up after the season. If he doesn't play, he's not going to get any money. He could he could play for his money and like, yeah, you hate Cleveland and you hate what they did to you. But at the end of the day, this is about and your This is a contract. business. And hell, you might not get one if you don't. This is yeah. what's that line from Godfather from Sonny? He's like the business, and he's taking it way too personal. I don't know. Godfather fans out there, you appreciate that. But um, Taylor Gray popped in with a comment here. Said Sam Bradford made one hundred and thirty million dollars in his football career. That's a lot of money. Uh, Joe Flacco made it in one contract. So. <laughs> That's the truth. Fucking crazy, dude. But. All right, boys. Would you, would you guys give their uh, Would you guys give their offseason? Yeah, I'm about to dive into that. Um, well, last thing I'll say about Baker, I think the best situation is he plays while Deshaun Watson is suspended, and then as soon as there's an injury to a quarterback in the league for a team that's somewhat competitive, which will happen, it happens every single year. Um, I think you trade him off to that team, and that team will pay for him to stay in competition. Yeah. I, I I think that's a real possibility, and I think that would be the best case scenario. But if you have to trade him before the season starts, the obvious answer is Seattle. Like it's it's got to be. I think you if Pete Carroll, which it seems like he does, taking the running back in the second round, seems like he wants to get back to his roots of running the ball at the bucket time. <laughs> Baker Mayfield is your guy for that. You can let him hand the ball off thirty five times a game if you want to. And I mean, Geno Smith and Drew Locke, for whatever reason, they seem to be locked into those two in Seattle. But if you can get Baker Mayfield for like a fifth or a fourth, I mean, why the hell not? It's it's a shot. It's a one-year shot. If he's not good, then you're picking a quarterback next year anyway. If he is good, then maybe you get to take Will Anderson or, you know, one of those top non-quarterback guys in next right. year's draft. As far as grades go, I'm going to go ahead and give them a B minus. That's mine. Yeah, I think I'm going to I think I'm going to go with a B because like it's it's hard to give them too bad of a grade because they added two players that are like arguably Sean Watson's arguably top 5 and Mark Cooper sitting around top 15 at their position to a t- to a roster that's already very good um plugging essentially their only two holes but they didn't get to do a whole lot in the draft because of that and what they did get to do was not exactly very impressive and you know, we've talked about a great length that John Watson situation is kind of a mess right now. So probably going to stick with a B. Yep, I've got him. I've got him as a B as well. Um, I mean, basically exactly what you were saying. Uh, I do think that they've got very good pieces at those premier playmaking positions. If Watson's able to play, and kind of piggyback on that, I'd imagine their win total is going to be around ten, ten and a half. It's not out right now because of Watson. If he plays, that's what I'm anticipating it being around. Um, if he doesn't play, then obviously it's probably going to go under. Um, so I, I have it over right now if he plays. But it's there's so much uncertainty right now with this that you never know. The other thing that I had uh, as far as a game, 
October 9th, they play the Chargers in Cleveland. I think that's going to be a great litmus test game, especially if Watson isn't suspended and he plays starting the beginning of the year. Their first four games are at Carolina versus the Jets versus Pittsburgh and at Atlanta. If he's playing, they're going to be favored in all four of those games. No offense, Jaden, but they play Pittsburgh in they play Pittsburgh in Cleveland. Like that's that's why I anticipate that. But outside of that game, they got the Jets, the Falcons, and the Panthers. All very winnable games, and then they get the Chargers Week Five. So I think that's like I said, a great litmus test game for them to see where they are. I might go as far as the win total. I might go twelve or thirteen because I'm not saying that like I'm just hate that the guaranteed money. If, if he plays, yeah. Well, yeah. If he plays, yeah. If he if he plays, and then like, the question is, in what capacity does he play? Right, exactly. How many games? Um, if he plays a full season, I mean, me and Jaden were talking, we were sitting here this time last year talking about how Cleveland had a Super Bowl roster and they brought, yep. for the most part, most of that back or improved. So yeah, if Deshaun he- uh, Watson's healthy, I gave them B minus because of the guaranteed money and how much money it was, but this team is very good and I think they might win the division. Um, I'm going to go 12 or 13 wins. Jaden? Yeah, I'm I'm probably sticking around the same. I find it hard to believe that he plays because like there's been conversations that the suspension's gonna come in the next couple of weeks. And then there's also been talks that they're gonna push the trial to like the end of the football season. So then that way he gets suspended next year, which I think would honestly be much more like justice for him because then he gets his guaranteed money revoked. Because I mean, I know that they didn't do it on purpose because a lot of contracts are backloaded, but he's getting paid as a base salary, like one million dollars this year like he's getting virtually nothing it's all backloaded um so if he gets suspended it's like two hundred fifty thousand. Well, which a lot of it's in the bonus that correct. that's nothing but yeah but like that it gets taken away something to do with it getting taken away for with, with a suspension so like this year it's nothing and then for the next four years it's like the exact same amount of money when and it's like a shit ton um so if they spend him next year, he'll get a lot of that taken away. Um, but who knows? So if he plays all year, I do I do expect probably 11 to 12 wins. Um, there will be a lot of newness because Deshaun Watson is coming in, and then you've also got Amari Cooper coming in and be your number one wide receiver. So I do think that will lose them some games that they probably should win. Just make, like those first four games, you're probably favoring all four of them. I expect them to lose probably one of those games because that is a lot of even if Watson plays, because that's a lot of newness coming in. Um, but yeah, probably eleven to Sweet. twelve wins. All right, well that just about does us for the uh, Cleveland Browns, and now we move on to the Pittsburgh. Steelers and we never got a chance we were gonna do a podcast episode right after the draft uh to hear the thoughts on the Kenny Pickett trade because or the Kenny Pickett pick because Jaden before I was I literally I was like I hope you can temper your expectations a little bit man and they ended up doing it they ended up going Kenny Pickett in the first round so Jaden take it away bro give us your give us your reaction it's been way too long in the making yeah, I was about to say. So the initial reaction was uh, grabbing a <laughs> bottle of Tito's and just calling it. Um, dude, like, so after the top 10, when he didn't, like, I was nervous to tell for Carolina because I, w- I was, like, praying Carolina would take Kenny Pickett because that would leave no option of us doing it. Um, then we had to get through Seattle. 
Then New Orleans traded up, and I was freaking the fuck out because I thought that was for Malik Willis. Then the Lions moved up, and I was freaking the fuck out. Um, and then I was trying to get – I was getting through New Orleans again, and then we're up, and I'm just like, okay, that was the hard part. We made it through. We didn't even have to trade up. This is great. Like, everybody was like, oh, you might have to give up a second. Hell, you might even have to give up a future first to go up and get him. We got to sit here, and he's still there. And they were coming up, and fucking Franco Harris was talking for what felt like seven forevers. <laughs> and because I'd been complaining all night, I was like, why do we do this? We're here for the draft. We're not here for commercials by famous NFL personalities. Tell me who <laughs> they fucking picked. So in that moment, I was really unhappy with it. And I just hear like Caden sitting next to me, like right as he's about to announce it, Caden just like goes, and I knew I was like, you've got to be kidding. And then they did it. And I was a wreck for the rest of the night. Um, But as most people do, you kind of come back to the middle. Like no matter what, no matter what happens on draft night, if you're like super stoked, like, oh my God, we're going to win the Super Bowl next year. Farther you get to the season, the closer you come back to the middle. If you're like fire everyone in that front office, about a month later you're kind of coming back to the middle, and that's kind of where it's I'm a at win-win now. for you. And that's mostly, yeah, and that's mostly because of what we did on day two. We got George Pickens, who I, you know, have been very outspoken about my obsession with. I think he's really, really, really freaking good. I think he was the second best wide receiver in this class. Um, we get him at fucking 52 which i think is phenomenal um then we get to marvin leal who's a guy that this time well, not this time last year but a year ago when they were doing the way too early 2022 mocks um the marvin leal was like a top five top 10 pick like he was getting talked about in that way he just didn't really continue to progress that well um at a and m and then we get calvin Austin in the fourth round who's you know really good gadget guy mitchell's been on here talking about how much he likes him kind of excited for that um i honestly really like our offseason you know i've again i've come back to the middle with kenny pickett it did help a lot to see malik willis fall all the way to the third round because i'm like okay maybe we did make the right move because other nfl teams also the other 31 teams don't think he's that good either that's the Um, same thing i thought too do i think yeah, do I often think, like, because a lot of shit was like, okay, well, if a quarterback didn't get picked till the third round, did the Steelers, like, jump way too early on Kenny Pickett? And in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, well, let's say we took George Pickens at 20 and Kenny Pickett at 52. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, does that make does that make everybody feel better? Because if what, with what was available, I would have been fine taking George Pickens at 20 and then taking Pickett at 52. That would have been cool with me. We got it. Loggers uh... – Lager interrupted the long-awaited uh, reaction. I mean, we we're going towards the end there, so you know. <laughs> yeah, I, I was I was trailing them, but I'm I'm excited, man. I know that I pretty much just covered everything that we did, but I'm gonna I'm gonna state my and I stated it to you guys, and I'm gonna state it to everybody. We lost on that list. We lost Big Ben, who we replaced with Kenny Pickett. We lost Juju, who we replaced <laughs> with George Pickens. We lost Ray Ray McLeod, who we replaced with Calvin Austin. We lost Joe Scobert, who we replaced with Miles Jack, and we're in all likelihood losing Joe Hayden, who we replaced with Levi Wallace. All those are upgrades. I know that I didn't address James Washington, but who really gives a shit? Um, added James Daniels, added to Marvin Leal, and former Pro Bowler, like borderline All Pro player, and Stephon Tuitt is probably coming back this year too. 
So, like, I don't love Kenny Pickett. Do I think he'll start day one? I honestly have no idea. Like, everybody seems to have their opinion on it. I have not a single clue. But everything else, I mean, if you want to build a roster around him, you're going to want him to succeed. I feel like this is it. Like, you've got him the weapons. I think we're going to take a tackle next year. And after that, I mean, you kind of filled all the holes. I do think Chase Claypool is out in Pittsburgh. I just think that with Kenny Pickett not exactly having a cannon and him being a rookie and not trusting a jump ball guy like that, you're probably going to see him underwhelmed statistically again, which, you know, with whatever off-field antics you want to pick out from him, probably going to mean, like, you know, we're, we're done with this. Like, it's it's not worth it anymore. I think Pickens is probably going to have, you know, Randy Moss <laughs> – type of numbers so i mean you're not gonna really feel a need for chase claypool anymore so <laughs> probably gonna put, yeah, and he just, he just ends it with that just fucking yeah i'm just gonna george pick is probably gonna have a randy moss type season so you know everything's gonna be okay <laughs> that's that's a hell of a way to end. so Jaden, the one question that i'm gonna ask you about from this offseason the offensive line that is still a question mark in my mind. And I know they went out and signed a guy like Mason Cole. Not a fan of that signing. And I thought that they could have gone after Bradley Bozeman, which I felt like would have been a much better signing in that regard. I want to know from you how you feel like if Kenny Pickett was to be the starter, how a rookie quarterback is going to fare under that line. Because we saw Joe Burrow with as bad of a line that he had. And I know he was able to excel with that, but that was kind of an anomaly compared to what other quarterbacks have done with a terrible line. And I don't want to label it as terrible, but like an, a below average line. What do you, what do you think Kenny Pickett will do with a line like that? Now that's, that is the concern. Like I, I'm excited about giving him the weapons and everything to do so, but the offensive line is a problem because Kenny Pickett has a tendency to hold on to the ball for a long time. Like, and to, to overhaul that in one offseason, hell, even Mitchell Trubisky has a mm. tendency to hold the ball for a long time. But Kenny Pickett, like, he could have the longest average time to throw in, like, since they've been tracking that <laughs> this season, if he plays. Um, if he doesn't get sacked first, because the problem with this, like, I do like what we're building on the interior. I think Kevin Dotson is really good and young. James Daniels was one of, like, one of the most acclaimed good signings of this offseason. Um, and then we're, like, kind of, teetering with Kendrick Green and the Mason Cole, like who's going to play center, help James Daniels can play center, but the tackles are still a problem. Um, Duke Manyweather or Mayweather, one of those two, like the offensive line guru, like he's like the lethal shooter for offensive linemen, um, did say that Dan Moore is on his list of guys that have improved the most this offseason, along with like Rashawn yeah. Slater and Tristan Wirfs. So that makes me feel good. Um, and if we can get like – average production from Dan Moore, I think this offensive line is going to be much improved because he was terrible last year. Um, but that is that is the concern because Kenny Pickett will hold on to the ball for a while and he will run around and make things happen. He's going to get himself killed because this offensive line is not good and we didn't do enough to address it. But, like, what could you do? Like, that was, like, the thing when we took Najee. Like, why didn't we take a tackle? There wasn't really a tackle there. There wasn't really a tackle there. This year that I was, like, banging the table for, I mean, Bernard Ryman was, like, a guy that I was, like, okay, well, if he's there at 20 – you think about it, he fell to fucking 83, yeah. which, like, was a shocker to me. I was pretty excited about it because I was like, wow, this could be perfect. We could hit Pickens, Raymond, or Ryman, and a quarterback. Like, that would be great. I love uh, Leal, though. 
So, yeah, and the defense. I, I do think the defense is going to be really good this year if the secondary can hold up long enough. Um, we didn't go get a safety. Like, Nick Cross was also in the hey, conversation for us a turn, lot because we have this, turn. like, weird infatuation with Maryland players. Like, we've had like, Sean five Davis. or six guys on our roster. Anthony McFarland. Yeah, because um, Tomlin's – I mean, Tomlin's son goes to Maryland, so him and Locks are pretty close, and I'm pretty sure Locks has, like, some weird contract with Tomlin <laughs> where he has to draft or sign a UDFA from Maryland. Um, but we didn't go get him. We're going to get Edmonds back, which, you know, maybe he can come out and, like, this is a prove-it season for him. Maybe he can be a the first-round player that he was drafted to be. But, yeah, I'm a little excited. Seems like you're I'm, excited. like, mostly optimistic, and Seems I'm – like you're excited. I'm I'm usually the about the most pessimistic person you're gonna find, especially with the Steelers. But man, I'm I've got my George Pickens <laughs> jersey in the mail. Um, I had to I had to change it because I had it customized for Malik Willis. Uh, had to switch that because they they uh, pulled that number on me. So yeah, George Pickens jersey in the mail. I'm excited. Um, I do. Th- like he may not produce a lot because he's going to be with a rookie quarterback and in a relatively crowded wide receiver room. But he's like, I dude, he's gonna obviously. I'll say I'm, so. Yeah. Obviously, a lot of luck involved in that run. But the Bengals set the precedent for a team without an offensive line that can still make it to the Super Bowl. You know, and I mean, you can't bank on that though. Oh, and I, you got to well, look at way, the receivers like, I will as say well. This. I mean, like Jamal Pro's on his way to being an All Pro, and like you said, T. Higgins might be. He might be on the way to the best number two in football. Right. No, that I mean, offensively, weapons yeah, wise, like, obviously, overall the roster much outweighed. And I know that, I know that Burrow's like significantly better when he came in as a rookie. What he's been so far, I mean, Joe Burrow as a rookie might be better than what we'll ever see from Kenny Pickett. But if you take quarterback out of like, if you just take quarterback off the roster, I'd take what the Steelers had over what the Bengals went to the Super Bowl with last year, especially with like Cam yeah, Hayward, on the TJ Watt, Minka. Miles Jack, all on the defensive side of the ball. Like, I mean, that's a damn good defense. There's a lot of names on that defense that and can that, perform. Savon Tuitt's coming back. Like, that was going to be my next question is we talked about the offensive good, line, but and, the Steelers ranked last in the league in yards allowed rushing. And I understand that they're going to get some of those guys healthy back, but do you feel like they did enough to get back to that typical, I'm not going to say steel curtain defense, but like back into the upper yeah. half of the league when it comes to just overall defense and especially question. from the rushing standpoint. Also, yeah. And then like Miles Jack, like that's great. Flores, man. Bringing in Flores as a linebackers coach. Yeah. He's a great coach. And then you bring in Miles Jack. I mean, I'm sh- one of the best linebackers in the game. So I imagine he's going to learn some great things from Brian Flores. And overall, that linebacker, I mean, me and Jaden were talking about it the other day. Like that linebacker or has been lacking for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Like, that's the part that's been lacking for a while. And Yeah, and that's why we went up and got Devin Bush, who, you know, does get forgot about. He was really good as a rookie, too, then we tore his ACL. And, like, hell, Kevin Colbert said it himself. There are two – we know two Devin Bushes, the guy before he tore his ACL and the guy afterwards. He has not been the same player, and it's not even relatively close. But he is—he was a true first-round player coming out of Michigan. If Ryan Flores can bring out some of that, because like while Miles Jack is exciting and it's a name, he's a pass coverage linebacker, pretty much through and through. Wasn't very good last year. Like, do I think Jacksonville should have cut him and then went out and made a little con the most the high one of the highest-paid linebackers in the NFL? No, but 
you know, he I don't expect him to come in and be a first team all pro player. But I, I do think that adding to it back and you know, getting Leal, who I do think could be very good in the future. He's like that, that weird tweener that we've had with with Tuit and Cam Hayward, where they're too slow and too big to play on the outside as a true edge, but too small probably to play breaking as news. Like a true breaking defensive news. tackle. Steelers. Omar Khan is the new what? Steelers GM. I like it. Taylor okay. just dropped that like for it. us. He was like he was he was the guy that like him and Hunt and like I know like the the big name was like Lewis Riddick because that's a name that everybody knows. He's so ESPN. trash, bro. I wasn't like I I I wouldn't say he's like trash, but it's just it's like, like it's a name that everybody knows. Like so Casserly like, was our GM for a little but, bit, but like he sucks. Yeah, or like yeah, Mayock. Like Mayock. Yeah. Mayock was like the perfect example of that. But um, yeah, I like I like that a lot. Um, a couple other I comments like from uh, Taylor kind of that excited. I want to address, and we could talk about it a little bit too. Um, he says, my guess is Trubisky starts, and I agree with that, and lasts two to four weeks before the fans call on the hometown favorite Pickett. Dude, I think Trubisky might play even longer. I think Trubisky's going to have a lot better year than a lot of people think. I think he might have a little bit of a renaissance. So the thing, yeah, the thing with me, like, I would love, obviously I would love for that to happen. Like, who, whoever plays the best at quarterback, I don't give a shit what his name is. I don't give a shit about anything. If they can come in and play well, I, I don't care. Um, but the reason why, or probably one of the reasons why, we didn't go with Malik Willis is because we wanted a guy that was NFL-ready. Tomlin said that in the press conference after the draft. Like, we saw an NFL-ready quarterback in Kenny Pickett. Whether that's true or not is remains to be seen. Well, but we talked about If that. you're drafting a guy... Because we were talking about Carolina yeah, yeah, taking like, him over Malik Willis because they needed to win now. Right. We, we talked about the mo- more ready yeah. NFL-ready quarterback right now and not being a project. And honestly, looking back on it now, it and makes like, so I, much I, sense because like, Tomlin, like Mr. 500, always above 500, never, like, it makes a lot of sense now looking back. Yeah. Always right around 500. <laughs> um, <laughs> Touche. But, uh yeah, I just I don't like if we're gonna go get an NFL ready guy, like if that's the goal, if that was the objective, why not start? Like if if we're if we were gonna start Mitchell Trubisky for the first half of the season or whatever, and I know that that's like you don't plan out what's gonna happen because you don't know what's gonna happen during training camp and you don't know who's gonna beat out who. But like if your whole plan was to start Trubisky until a quarterback was ready, then why don't you go get the guy with the traits? Like if you're gonna go get an NFL ready guy, you better fucking play him. That's just my opinion, but. You know, who knows what happens in training camp or whatever and what uh, Taylor is, also but. said his second comment. I want to address this too. Um, he says the biggest problem I have is we didn't get a look into getting a backup running back. Uh, Najee will have a heavy workload with injury problems already in the past. I don't want Benny Snell to start any games. Hey, man. Hey, he I'm all aboard the Benny he turn train, but too, can we man. get the he a cast like respect a little bit? Like, no, no. <laughs> Come on, bro. I'm sorry, man. Just you just it just doesn't doesn't resonate with everybody like it does with you. Like he a terp, like we can all <laughs> we can all get excited about that. But Benny Snow was terrible. And like as much as I like hyped up the him stiff arming Marcus Peters into the earth, he's not very good. Like he's just not. And like while this counteracts us drafting Najee Harris in the first round, you can find undrafted free agents that can start for you. Tyson Williams like, just ended up that's getting, not uh, getting cut yeah. So. Yeah, and then he signed with. Did he sign someone? Already he signed with somebody. I feel. 
I keep getting Colts and the Seahawks, so the two teams that are coming uh, to my with mind. With Benny Snell? Might be. No, no Tyson Williams. Because he just got cut. Is it Lions? I could have swore no. I saw that. <laughs> Colts. Benny Colts. Snell will get a helmet because he's a great special teams player. Okay, thanks, Taylor. I appreciate you shedding some good light on the Cats. Yeah, yeah I didn't ever <laughs> have a helmet. I just said that if he's starting football games for us this year, I'm going to be a little stressed out because he he's like – it's hard to be a bad running back because, like, it's 85% athleticism and the best run- athletes play running back. But that dude cannot find a hole to save his life. And I know that there aren't too many that are open in Pittsburgh, but he just, like, when they're there, he doesn't see them. That's because he's so, so shocked. He's like, oh, my God, it's a fucking hole. I don't even know what to do. And he's, he's like, <laughs> half cross-eyed. So he, like, he legitimately cannot see the holes because he's half cross-eyed. He does have a really cool mouth guard, though. Gotta say. One with the spinning, the spinning wheel. Yeah, pretty fucking sick. All right, let's dive into uh, our over-unders for win totals and our oh overall grades as well. So start with the overall. Oh, yeah, you all didn't give like a you all didn't give like a favorite move. I just want mine was Miles. Mine was Miles Jack. Mine mine was probably Miles Jack as well. I like the Pickens and the um the Austin pick too, just to surround the new quarterback with weapons. They're both, they're all rookies coming in together, which I think is really cool. Like they'll be able to like all developed at the same time. I don't agree with you on Claypool. Um, we talked about this at the O's game. I think, I think Claypool is a legitimate number one wide receiver given a chance. And I think, I mean, there's comps to like Megatron. Like there was comps to Megatron before he got into the league, but then I, I mean, Ben yeah, Roethlisberger was his quarterback. So that kind of sucks. I listen, dude. I think he's. I think he's super talented. Like I really do think he's very good. The problem is, I just don't think Pickett's going to be able to unlock him because he has Pickett to a certain degree has the same problem that Big Ben does, where you know he doesn't have the rocket arm to unlock him. Plus, he doesn't have the trust that Big Ben has. Like where, like we talked about it with Chicago and Darnell Mooney versus Allen Robinson, where. Justin Fields is going to favor Donald Mooney because he's already open because he's a more crisp route runner. Whereas Allen Robinson, you kind of have to trust that he's going to be able to get the ball in coverage. Then a rookie's just not going to be able to trust that despite how NFL ready Kenny Pickett might be. I also wanted to bring up Deontay Johnson was part of that class with AJ Brown and Terry McLaurin and all these guys that are talking about getting paid or, you know, whatever. I remember hearing that Deontay Johnson wanted a five-year 75 at the beginning of the offseason, which I would have, like, done anything to have that happen, which, hell, might be getting close to being doubled now with everything. I mean, a guy that's in his class just got 25 mil. You got to think he's going to be asking for at least 20. Fucking Christian Kirk yeah. is, what, 84? Oops. Like, that, that resets the market. Who would have who would have thought that Christian Kirk resets well, the market? Well, that's what – honestly, right. I think Christian Kirk was the domino that fell and then caused everything else to happen yeah. with the wide receivers in the offseason so far. Like, literally. Like, it actually started don't with sleep Christian on Kirk. That. Don't, don't sleep on that. Don't sleep on the Jags playmakers, though, man. I'm telling you, six to seven wins is not – like unheard no, of for I don't them think this so year, either man. But it's like the fucking Jags. Real quick, I'll say this: I had as my worst move for the Steelers. I, I alluded to earlier, Mason Cole. I just, I, I, as a Vikings fan, I, I literally put as a Vikings fan, have fun with that. <laughs> yeah. All right. 
Uh, and 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 they're tied with him not only this season but next season as well. Ouch. Hopefully though he's not start because hopefully we think Kendrick Green figures yes. it out. Like that's that's the hope. So yeah, didn't, didn't Kendrick Green get, like get ejected from one if not two games this year? I feel like. That was Trey, Trey Turner, Turner. That's what it was. Made, Never mind. Like, he made me matter in hell because, like, he's like the only person over twenty-five on that fucking offensive line, and he's getting thrown <laughs> out of games for like trying to fucking fight people in in close games. Like that game against Vegas, he nearly almost cost that fucking game because he's getting in fights. Yeah, drives me nuts. I'm in port side, <laughs> slamming the damn bar because our right guard. Yeah, is well, picking at least you're, uh, <laughs> Taylor. Taylor said spitting at people. Lmao. <laughs> Yeah. At least, yeah, at least your two uh, star defensive tackles aren't throwing hands with each other on the bench in prime time. That was not the best. All right, yeah. uh, we can group. Was that the game where they lost like? 50 I think so, Jaden. Thanks for pointing that out, man. I think so. You <laughs> fucking gentleman and a scholar, you, you gentleman and a scholar. All right. <laughs> um, dude, I remember the tweet that I put out. I was like, throw the. I just put out the gif of uh, from Rocky where he's like, throw the damn towel, dude. Like, fucking call it. I guess it's Sunday night football. Jesus Christ. Anyway, all right. So we can kind of group uh, overall grades and um, over 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 under on wins um, together for each of us. Um, the over under right now is set at seven and a half wins. So. I'll hand it to you, Tyler, first uh, for overall grade and over under on the win total. Grade I gave them uh, an A minus. I liked what they did in their offseason as well as what they did in the draft. You know, we talked <laughs> about them losing Juju, Ray Ray McLeod, James Washington, but them being able to replace him in the draft with Pickens and Calvin Austin. Um, I thought that those were great. Um, getting Liel is really good as well. Um, so I, I, yeah, I, I thought what they were able to do in the draft, what they were able to do in free agency labeled or headlined by miles Jack. Um, I really like that. I have them over, uh, seven and a half wins. I have them at nine and eight. Um, the other thing with, uh, like I said, I circled the game for each of these teams, the game I circled with them, December 18th at Carolina, this could be the only matchup this year with quarterbacks drafted in this year's draft class facing each other with Corral against Pickett, Ooh. because I think by that point in time, Corral will be starting for Carolina. Nice insight. I like that. That's fucking sneaky right there. Good shit. Uh, Jaden, what you, so if you want to drive down to, uh, if you want to drive uh, down to Charlotte, Jaden, there you go. I. That we can, we can, we can, we can, we can go with uh, one of our listeners, Mr. Marshall Keys. We could go with him to the game or something. Sweet. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, go ahead with your over-under um, win totals. Okay. Yeah. I feel like I'm, like, harsher than everybody else. I mean, I know I can't – like, I was, like, dumbfounded when you all gave both, – both of you gave the Ravens a B. Like, the, the Ravens had, like – arguably the best offseason of any team in the NFL this year, like from everything that I've heard from anybody else, including my own opinion. You and also have to game remember, game. like, they signed a guy that literally is the staple point of the Minneapolis miracle in Marcus Williams. Like, that is something that just sticks in my that mind. True, but he is, <laughs> like, that, like that's just what his career is going to be. I don't care how good of a safety he'll be, but in my mind, he, <laughs> he literally single-handedly created the, the Minneapolis miracle. Makes the Hall of yeah, Fame. You're watching that, the That's speech. just how I look at it. At that. You would, so, so I'm biased in that regard. You end up attending the speech. Thanks you to Buffalo Bills brick. legend Stephon Diggs. Be <laughs> oh. a turp. Be a turp. Amen. All right, go ahead, Jaden. 
But anyway, my grade was a it's gonna be a B plus. And if you would have asked me what the grade was on draft night, I would have probably given you like a D minus because I was not happy. But again, like I said, coming back towards the middle. And like I said, with the addition of Pickens, you know, we're getting a lot of guys like getting to it back is like huge. Like not a lot of teams are getting a all pro level player back and like no one is talking about it. Supposedly he talked to Cam Hayward. He's in Indianapolis working out. He's not back with the Steelers yet. Um, but Cam Hayward believes that he's going to be back. God, I hope he is. Don't you have Little Hayward now? This year. We do have Little Hayward. I forgot to mention that. So we have now um, Tremaine and Trey Edmonds, TJ Watt and Derek Watt, and Connor Hayward and Cam Hayward. Also, fun little fact, the highest paid player on the Steelers offense is wow. fullback Derek Watt. Holy shit. That is scary. That's scary. Yeah, not a lineman, not a receiver, not a quarterback. Hey, at least his last name's Watt, though, right? Player I mean, that rarely, rarely even plays on offense. He, I mean, you could barely even qualify him as an offensive player. He is much more known for his special teams ability. So that's slightly terrifying, but we're also spending $121 million on our defense this year, which is the most in the NFL. Oh, kind of evens out. Um, but yeah, overall... Kind of hard not to be a little cautiously excited right now. All right. So, B-plus, and I'm going to go over seven and a half wins because Tomlin is addicted to being 500. So, we'll yeah, be 8 I will again. do the same thing that Jaden just said. And, honestly, I'm going to go ahead and slap a B-plus on there, too. Um, I already said everything that I needed to say. I mean, I love the fact that you're bringing in two – high caliber rookie wide receivers to compliment Kenny Pickett or Kenny Pickett. And then I love Mitch Trubisky this year. Like, I think he's really going to have somewhat of a renaissance. Like it's not going to, I still think he, I I hope you're right. uh, I think he still might get the job stolen from him uh, this year, but I think he's going to be more than serviceable for you guys. So, yeah. All right, gang. I think that just about does it for our, uh, our AFC North episode, which is pretty sweet. So, yeah. All right. So that's the first. We're done our hiatus. We're back on it now. We're recorded twice a week. Uh, we're looking to do another episode on Thursday. Uh, what what um, division are we thinking about? AFC East. AFC East. Sweet. So, so we get to look at the Bills possibly making their precedented Super Bowl run. Maybe the Jets with their offseason acquisitions and doing well in the draft. Then you got the Dolphins with what they've done with Tyreek and bringing him in along with Armstead and the new coach there. Uh, and then the Patriots are still there. I feel like they're the forgotten team in the AFC East that nobody talks about anymore. And they I know, I know. Not. So that's that's going to be an, an interesting breakdown on Thursday yeah. when we're when we're diving into that division because that'll save us a lot of time. Absolutely, because what's there to talk about with the uh, the Patriots? Dude. It's kind of and strange, also they just they add. keep back. Oh, I like that. I like Very that. Strange. <laughs> <laughs> um, but also like they haven't even named a offensive coordinator, and they probably won't, which is. Yeah, but they've got M- but they do have MVP candidate Mac Jones. So mm, for not, you're right. Don't, don't forget, right, Mr. Two Yards and, and Mr. Two That's Yards right. in one game himself. <laughs> AFC Championship locks now. My bad. My bad. All right, boys. Well, for the Blitz Pod, we'll sign off. We'll catch you on 